Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds off the roll of 20-sided dice. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. So, how's it going, Cody? Good. You told you told me we were going to banter at the beginning and then you just stared at me like I was a monster. <laughs> well, you know, you kind of It made of me self-conscious. <laughs> Anyways, do you want to explain to the audience what this podcast is all about? Yeah, sure. So, in this podcast, um, what we do is we roll a 20-sided dice, and then based on the roll of that dice, we get a topic on which we build a world. So, at the end of every episode, we roll a dice, and then we have until we record our next episode to come up with a world that fits those criteria. So, in this episode, we... Um, <laughs> the the this was, this was a topic that I came up with, and the criteria was um, come up with a world that is not a planet. And that that was to say that it's like it can be like reboot or the matrix or something like that where it's it's not a physical place it's not a sphere going around a sun anyways um how, how are you feeling about your world let's let's talk let's let's uh preview these things a little bit how are you well, feeling like, about it honestly this topic kind of scared me because at first I'm like well how do you build a world without having a planet or a galaxy or something like that so it took me a couple seconds to kind of get to where I wanted to go, but I think I did a good one. Should we talk real briefly about, like, I don't think anyone's actually seen Reboot but us, so... I honestly don't think anybody's actually seen Reboot. <laughs> like, I know that I have friends who mention it sometimes, but I don't think anybody's actually... Like, I've seen every single episode in that series. Jordan, the friends who mention Reboot to you are me. <laughs> the, the, the friend you're thinking of that has mentioned Reboot a lot no, to no, you? No, no, I swear there is one other friend. I'm not going to mention names because we're on a podcast, but I swear there is one other friend who mentions Reboot. But yeah, so Reboot is a show that takes place in a computer and all of, like, the... the car- And, like... The characters are parts of a computer that play through video games, and they're all like personified. But there's like one of the characters' name is Dot Matrix, or yeah. you know, like they all have funny pun then there's names. Gigabyte, and stuff. who's the bad guy, of course, because you know. And I mean, that show was bad. And Hexadecimal was the other bad guy who had like the oh, weird like faces that rotated. The, is the that, theater was that the spider? It was the spider lady with the theater mask for face. Yeah, yeah, she was my first like animation crush. Oh, really? That was <laughs> no. what you went with? Was that, he was like, oh, man. Hexadecimal. No, but if anybody is listening, because I'm leaving this in, if anybody's listening, you need to look up Hexadecimal and see what... Yeah, and you just need to look up Reboot and realize how bad it is. Color. No, but when Hexadecimal uh. came on, you know, I'd pause the I'd pause the VHS tape, I'd get real close, and I was like, oh, yeah, Hexadecimal. Uh. But, um, so, like, <laughs> the other thing that helped me, like, kind of build my world, I guess, was, um... Have you ever watched the anime Big O? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, because that oh, was a well, tsunami. I'm not going to spoil right? the ending, but that's one that's not on a planet or a galaxy, and it's freaking amazing. Is it not? Just watch the anime. Is it Big O just Batman with a giant robot? Yes, and it is perfect. It I mean, so okay, in terms the of the shows that were on Toonami, which is, I'm assuming, all you watched growing up. Yeah, that's all I watched. <laughs> yeah, Big O was definitely, like, the C-lister show. D-lister. I would say it's D-lister, but it's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the best one was by far Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, you got Gundam, all the good I, ones. I, okay, so for me, it was, like, Dragon Ball Z. Was Reboot Toonami? Reboot was Toonami, yep. So it was, like, Dragon Ball Z, Reboot, all of the Tenshi Muyo shows that were all garbage. Every single Tenchi garbage. show, oh man, was terrible. And I but watched, we watched, all but of we them. watched all of them for some reason. Why did we watch Dragon Ball Z? That's the one that kills Dude, me. Dragon Ball Z was great. 
Just it's, screaming and punching. It was okay. We can go. Okay, we could go on for this for like ten hours, but I'm just trying not, to slow roll you so you have like more time to get to your world and like collect. This, your thoughts. <laughs> this is not the anime podcast. We could have that one later. This is the world building podcast. Jordan, don't don't tease me about that. All right, don't don't say it and then not do it. That's what I'm saying. No, if you if you want to do an anime podcast, we could do an anime podcast <laughs> like straight up. I'm not joking. Okay, so the world building one. So what was our prompt one more time, Cody? Our prompt was, I mean, I don't have it right in front of me exactly what it was, but it was basically come up with a world that's not a planet. Okay, and that is exactly what I did. So my world is set within a painting. I decided to go that route with it. Ooh, so it's Super Mario 64. Or Paper Mario. Wasn't Paper Mario? We're not doing this right now. Um, so it is inside of a painting. This is um a fantasy painting that I'm just going to make up on the spot. So the painting is just of a city, and just on the outskirts of the city is a giant desert. But in the middle of the city is a giant tree. Um, because going off our thing, there is no water seen above ground. All the water is underground, and it's pumped up through the city through plumbing. Um, the city is uh, made up of mostly white buildings. The tallest are about five stories tall. But then it kind of, as you go towards the outskirts of the city, it kind of shrinks down to being mostly huts and stuff. I'm probably getting to it, but you could raise your head all you want. Let's say I was standing in your city that's that's in this painting. Would it look all like art- artistic and painted? Yes. Awesome. I love it. So it's all it reminds me of Page Master. But it also, this city is also circular. It's We're just going to have a big circle city. What can be seen in the sky? So since it's just a painting, the painting has just always a blue sky. It's always blue. Um, there's an unseen light source, but it kind of beats down with an intense heat. So it's always sunny outside, always sunny and bright. Since this is also a painting, the outside world kind of depends on what is going on in the inside world so it is in an art gallery and the lights are always on pointed at this painting so inside this art gallery the painting is lit up so therefore the world is always light so say if the lights were to go off in the art gallery the painting would experience kind of like the dark days almost where it'd be pretty much darkness but the sky would still be blue Interesting. There would be no stars it. in the skies because the original painter did not paint stars. So outside the city, I said, was a just giant desert. If you go outside of the desert, just keep walking and walking and walking. Eventually, you will hit a wall. And in that, that wall is just complete white. There's nothing past that. That is the limits of the painting. So in any direction, if you walk as far as you go, there is nothingness. Around, like, closely around the city is kind of fields and farmlands where the um, inhabitants of this city, they will harvest the vegetables and the wheat and everything f- to make food for the inhabitants of the city. Like, mostly like a grass and a wheat, but then there's also fruits and vegetables. There's orchards where they pick the fruits and then they will then grind up all of the food into a paste and press it into cubes and this is like small cubes and this is what everybody eats so the brighter the color of the cube that's the better tasting of the food they mostly eat fruits and vegetables but outside of that they have like a cattle-like creatures that they use for um food transportation and they also will drink the milk of it's kind of a um jack of all trades animal it's like they're kind of rather ugly they have six legs but they um you know feast on that 
Um, so since all of the water is underground, there are fish, but they're all like the gross, like angler fish type and like really bony and slimy and also like the fluorescent, like glow in the dark fish. And they, um, will pump these fish up. They do not eat them. They grind them up and use them as, um, fertilizer to nourish all the plants in the city. So are all these gross animals like the invention of the painter? Yes, all these gross animals are the invention of the painter. So, um, have you ever seen a Hieronymus Bosch painting? I don't know who Hieron- hang, Hieronymus hang on Bosch a second. has like hang the on. weirdest creatures in this painting. It's kind of like that. These like weird cows and the like bony fish underground, like all that is part of the painting, and it's all in the painter's original imagination. So, um, also outside of the city in the desert are just four blue giant ethereal beings they're made up of this like weird blue energy and they just wander the deserts aimlessly just slowly kind of just just you know sliding around in the desert but um the inhabitants of the city they call these the architects because they believe them to be the ones who created the city but of course that's not true that like they were drawn by the artists and the artists just thought they looked cool they just wanted that to be in part of the city. So this kind of goes to show that not everything in a painting is important. There's just these four blue giants just out there in the desert, just slowly shambling by, but you know, they don't do anything. They kind of revere, but also fear these creatures. They do not go near them because they said you will definitely get crushed under the feet because they do not notice you at all. It's kind of like how we just walk around. We see ants. We don't notice that we just step right on top of the pile. No one cares. Um, okay. So the beings that inhabit this city are, um, they're bipedal, um, lizard people. I decided to go with lizard people because you did bird people. And I'm like, what's cooler than a bird? Lizards. Nothing. Sorry. Lizards. Let me ask you something. What's the, what's the nearest relative we have to, uh, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, the all time coolest animal ever? Lizards. Yes. No, it's birds. It's yes, bird people. I, I know it's lizard people. Yes, exactly. Birds. Lizards. <laughs> Last episode, bird and tigers. This episode, birds and lizards. It's just going to keep going birds versus something else every single episode. My world ain't got no birds. What? Like, no birds? No, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Don't <laughs> spoil it. I'm excited for this. So they're, they're um these bipedal lizard people. They don't have tails. They're not like... um. The Cobra Men from that weird He-Man remake. But they're just like, they're lizard people. They have the face like a mix between like a snake and a raptor. So they have like those kind of sticking out faces. They're not like the um, Goombas from the Mario movie. Not like that at all. They're just Maybe we should take this moment to briefly discuss the Mario movie. Another thing <laughs> no. no one has ever seen. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do anime and movies that no one's seen. Great. B- bad movies that no one's seen, like the Mario movie. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so the giant tree in the center of the city, um, it really only covers the center of the city and the outskirts of the city are just always in the sunlight. So the um snake people who live out in the outskirts, they have really... Um, thick scaly skin and it's kind of growing on them like crystals they have to just kind of deal with the heat the whole time and you're raising your hand again i got a question is it snake people or lizard people lizard people i just i in my notes i switch between snake and lizard like every other line <laughs> jordan those are not the same things one of them has okay, legs let's, one let's of them just is a snake stick, let's let's just call them snake people they're snake people they have snake faces let's go with it snake faces and they have forked tongues, and they stick out their forked tongues, and it's, they got a cool tongue thing. Is that how they smell? That's how they... You know what? I didn't get there. So, 
So like on the outskirts of the city are the farmers, the city workers, those who process the foods, the um, maintenance workers, and just the general outdoor laborers. Um, they kind of upkeep the city, but they're out there on the outskirts. And that um, part of the city is called Majoris. And so they, like I said, they have thicker scaly skin and their skin forms around their necks almost like a cobra's hood. And it's like very crystalline because they're always getting beaten down by that hot, hot light source not really a sun so further in the next ring around the city is called minoris and this is where just more of the people who they they're still laborers but they do more of the clothes the furniture the tools and the, the other objects so the engineers the sanitation workers the people who just it's still physical and um other just menial labor but they are kind of higher up than the um outdoor the farmers and those people um their skin is a little bit less scaly because they spend more time indoors unlike the farmers do but they're still kind of a little crystalline so most of the people in the city live in majoris and minoris and then further in is um centris and this is the inner circle where the rich people live these are the actors the playwrights the poets the storytellers the singers the entertainers like so you get jugglers and stuff like that um they enjoy the finer things in life they live in bigger mansions bigger houses like they get the good food so they get the like cuts of the cattle meat. They get actual fruit. They don't get the ground up cubes of food. So everything that these people who live in Centris do, everything, all their entertainment and stuff, that is for the queen who lives in the base of the giant tree in the center of the city. In the center of the city is Pilaris, which is where the royals live. They um, created a castle in a small crevice of the tree. So they haven't like dug into the tree, but it's just... In the tree is a small castle, and then even further in is where the queen is. And so the queen makes the laws in the, the sun priests. They go out and they share the laws with the people of the city. And then the knights who protect the queen who live in the castle, they also will enforce the laws of the city. So the royals, oh wait, I kind of skipped a part, but the people who live in Centris, they are more smooth skinned. They don't have the thick crystals on their skin from the sun because they're always indoors, but then they are also allowed to travel into the center pillars to do things for the queens. The people who live on the outskirts in Majoris and Minoris, they are not allowed into Centris unless they are doing deliveries or different jobs. They have to live on the outside. So inside Polaris, almost no one ever sees the queen because she is just in the chamber all the way in the back. She only every now and then comes out and gives speeches. She doesn't really go out to the people too much. She keeps to herself. She um kind of just, she reads, she writes. She's very learned, but she doesn't ever exit the castle. So she, because she's always in the shadow, there's no scales on her. She's very smooth. And um, she's an albino white snake, like the band, with red eyes. And yes, I like was doing here it goes here I go again in my head the whole time I was writing this part of the thing. Gross. White snake? Okay. But so she is the most powerful thing in the city. Everybody worships the queen as almost a god. The only thing that has more power than her is the holy tree of which she lives in. But she lives in tree and she is considered by the snake people as um, one with the tree. So she is on the same level as the holy tree and her and the trees will are the same. So what she says is what comes down from the 
god tree. And um, so the tree is like all powerful and it is a fruit bearing tree. And it's the queen's true one true goal is to gather and eat the fruit from the tree. And instead, whoever eats the fruit will gain the power of the architects and will send to the true level of God. And of course, this isn't true because it's just a painting. Like what happens if you actually eat the fruit is that you become self-aware and they will realize that they are in a painting and this will drive them mad. But the queen doesn't know this. She's, you know, on the mythology of all of it. And so she wants to gather the fruit from the trees. So she has kind of tasked the knights, some of the knights, some knights are, their goal is to go out and enforce the law. If someone breaks the law, they get punished. They're brought in by the knights and imprisoned um, in the waterways where they will eventually freeze to death and drown or drown. Um, but the other knights, their task is to um, climb up to the tree and gather fruit for the queen. The knights who are enforcers, they wear like a black armor with gold trim. And then the knights who... um will ascend the trees. They are more the holy knights. It's a very important position because they're like acting out the queen's will. They're going to go get this fruit so that the queen can have everlasting powers. They're, they wear a white armor with the black trim. It's said who brings the fruit from the tree to the queen. Whoever brings that fruit to the queen, they will then become the king and then rule the whole kingdom with the queen. And their power, like the queen will still have the power, but they will also be able to <laughs> i see i see you raising your hand again cody what i have a question what's your question buddy so what you're telling me is this is literally like a you can get laid quest all you have to do is get the sacred fruit oh and then you get some of that white snake so that white because here it goes again i'm gonna have to find like a just a chip tune of that song and just put that in every time we say white snake Gross. That's all I'm saying right now is gross. <laughs> What's that? The knights that are requesting for the fruit, they're perverts. <laughs> they are all perverts in their own way. But you know, what, they don't even have to rule after that. They'll have zero responsibility. Power and the power of the white snake. Wouldn't you climb the tree? No, I'd probably be like a farmer. <laughs> you just be, just living the life out in the hot sun. And so, also yep. one thing to know about this, since they. This is a painting like no one was ever born. They were just put in their position. Like, so this is all they know. They know how like the knights, they know to climb the tree. The farmers, they know the farm. They don't know anything else. Nothing told them to do that. They were just born into that position. You are a farmer. You were created a farmer. It's kind of messed up if you think of it, but you were created a farmer. You were created a knight. And so the knights are tasked with climbing the tree to get the um, fruit, but no one has made it up the tree. They are building structures, but they're always stopped because, of course, I'm trying to redeem myself with three races from last week with making a third race. So what's protecting the tree are the angels. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. Are they bird people? They're bird people. Angels they're, have wings. Jordan, yes, you put bird people they're in. They're close. They're close. So the angels. So starting from the center of the tree going all the way up to the top is just angels are surrounding it's just kind of scattered about so it's not like the angels from the renaissance paintings it is more like the like old biblical angels so they're gross it's the angels they have faces all around their heads what cody oh i was gonna say are they like the fairies from sword art online oh god why would you bring up sword art online oh because there was a tree that they had to get to the top of in that one yeah because this is exactly sword yeah, art online. Man, do not ruin my invention with sword art online Jeez. 
Ugh, gosh, I hated that. We'll we'll see on our anime podcast. We'll talk about Sword Art Online. Get, <laughs> audience has that to look forward to. But um, so <laughs> they are just the gross biblical angels, and well, like biblical angels, they have faces surrounding their heads. So they will have four to eight faces usually. And so they can see in every direction. You can't sneak up on them because they can see you. Um, they also have four wings sprouting out of their backs. And then they have four arms. Two arms are always held in front of them holding a rather large sword. And then the other two arms are held above their heads and they're crossing two axes, which is... I think I could take one. Yeah, no. if If it meant I got to marry the white snake and not have to really do anything when I'm king, I think I'd fight a guardian angel for that. Oh, no, you still have to do stuff as a king. But yeah, no, the guardian angels... Well, what do you angels, have to do? She... They will mess you up. And so... The angels, they have the four wings, but then also at their waist and below is just wings. It's just a flurry of wings. Just hundreds of wings sprouting out of their waist. Oh my gosh, they're squid birds. Yes. I guess you could call them squid birds. So yeah, squid bird. Oh man, that's not going to be their name. So I squid hate bird. that. It flows so well, but I hate that squid bird. <laughs> Wait, are they really grumpy? Do they play clarinet? No, Do they, they have don't. a big nose. They murder you squid if you bird. climb up the tree. And so, like, they can be... So, so these angels bird. ignoring you, these angels can be um, male or female, and they're usually unclothed. Because, you know, I had to do that. Wait a second. What? If the bottom of them is only wings, how do you tell if they're male or female? Breast! <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. So some of the angels have Arnold torsos, and some of the angels have Angelina Jolie torsos. I get it. Hey, man, I didn't really think that one through. So you just you stumbled upon Look, I'm asking the important questions. <laughs> oh, give me a second to recompose. Ah, oh, jeez. And... So- it's a good thing neither one of us have like wives or girlfriends that are going to listen to this yeah, and then ho- judge us for this. Hopefully we don't have either of those and they don't listen to it and they don't heavily judge us. And right, so okay, so the ones so the angels closer to the ground are called the silent ones because they don't make a sound. They are completely silent. They just float there. They're playing hard to and get. And they're kind of <laughs> they're kind of terrifying. They just have an aura about them. If you get close to them, they will destroy you. But um and then the ones closer to the top, they're believed to be just constantly singing praises to the trees. And so like the knights, they are building structures to climb up this tree. Because it's a rather large tree, but they're building structures to climb up it. And once they get close to where the angels are, the angels will slowly start drifting towards them, almost as if like giving off a warning that they will be attacking soon. Kind of turn back. They're giving you a chance. Like, okay, you clearly don't know what you're doing. So as we get closer, you're going to have to turn back or they will slay you. And so they mainly, the angels mainly fight with their two upper arms and they don't swing the large sword. But um, if you provoke them enough, they will swing the large sword. And that sword is um, basically, it will see your soul inside it. And no more people after that. And, okay, so that is just the main, that is the world. You like that? I got more. I do, I do. Like I do. Do, you, do you got a story? Yeah. So basically, I'm, it's more of a less, it's less of a story and more just kind of telling what else is going to happen with this world. Um, sure. Of course, going into it, since this is a painting, um, paintings degrade. Like the paint starts to crack, everything starts to kind of mold and get gross after a while. If it's in too humid of an environment, it will start to wither away. So that's kind of what starts to happen with this. 
Um, first, the painting starts getting a little old. It's been in this gallery for a long time. The lights are always shining on it. So the paint dries out and starts to crack. So inside of this world, you start to notice it. The sky begins to, first the sky begins to crack open with just white lines of just what more light pouring through that raises the temperature of the city. And then after that, it starts, the painting starts degrading more. And then the ground cracks. Parts of the trees start to crack. The fruit starts to crack. Um, and you're starting to see the cracks of the painting. The um, priests begin to go against the queen. They start preaching that it's her fault that these things are happening, that um, the world is ending because of her, um, because of her greed and her wanting to get the fruit. And so more things start happening. Um, the dark days come. The um, light begins to dim until it's just there's no more light. There's no more heat beating down in the city. It starts to get a little bit colder. The cracks... So the cracks begin to show, but then the painting itself starts to degrade. So we get the cracks start to fill in with the black slime. And the creatures in the side of the city start to come down with this plague that's just known as being marked. And once they're marked, they are then taken to the underground and killed because they don't want the knights do not want anybody to spread the disease and hopefully not get the queen infected. And so the queen, because if the queen dies, everything's over. So then, of course, they, the knights, they shut themselves inside the tree. They close the doors. Nothing's coming in. Nothing's going out. Things start to degrade. There's more people preaching that this is the queen's fault. So the villagers, they rise up. They um, basically start war. It's civil war, chaos. They kill the rich. They're kind of approaching the city. And then suddenly the dark ages are over and there's just a bright light just shining down. Everything is surrounded by light. The queen is barricaded inside of the tree, of course. So all she sees is coming from the doors, just a bright light shining in on her. And it just continues for this countless ages. And they're waiting what's going to happen next. And then the light disappears and it's back to normal. They see like there's just light that they noticed from ages ago that's shining through. And so they go and they open the doors and everything is back to normal. Like it's like this dark ages never happens. Like the paintings never cracked. And so they go out into the city. No one remembers what happens. Everybody's going about their daily lives. All the citizens who were killed are back to normal. All the farmers who rebelled, they're back out farming, making food. So what happened in the outside world is that this painting was the dark ages where it's the painter took the painting and put it in storage for a while. And then took it out and then cleaned it up and restored the painting back to its original state. And this creates the first cycle. And this will ha start to happen again and again, but it's, no one will ever remember except for the queen. So she wants to go and prevent this from happening. So her goal, like more than ever, is important of getting that fruit because she believes that she can stop the dark days from coming if she gets the fruit. And that's my story. Oh, I like it. I wondered when when you were telling it, I got it. Like I got, I was I was gonna ask, like, oh, is that the painting getting restored at the end? Yeah, dude. See, that one was kind of difficult because I was like, my original thoughts were to make a world that was just reboot in the emoji movie, just fused. So that was my story in my world, Cody. I really want to hear what you got to do. Like, I've so been I have intrigued. to ask before we do this: Did you cheat and read my spreadsheet that I had in the Google Drive? No, I did not. Did you put a new spreadsheet in there? No, I didn't. Don't look at it. It's fine. Oh man, I'm excited. I could cheat it, but I did it. I'm excited you, about this. You could have cheated. Like I went like 
I tr- was thinking, like I said earlier, Emoji Movie and um, Reboot just mashed into one. But like, I decided to go completely left field, do a painting. I'm really excited what you did. So let's do this, man. Okay, cool. Cool. Ready for this? Yeah. All right. So I'm, I don't want to say that I'm changing my format, but I'm just doing it a little bit differently, just so you know. Okay. So b- bear with me through this. It's going to be a little bit different. You open your eyes and see smoke above you. Ooh. You blink. Spiraling swirls and tendrils of smoke s- that seem impossible to comprehend draw your eyes. Your mind goes blank and time seems meaningless. Suddenly you feel a bump. You look up and you see that you're in a boat that reflects you, your personality, and your quest. As you look in front of you, you see another boat that has collided with you. It is a red boat with a bright umbrella above it. As you look in, you see a wizened old woman. She stares down at you. She smiles as if she understands what you are and what you're doing here. They say the breath lasts forever. It stretches on and on, a plane of eternal smoke and water. There are known places, but those places can only be found at the cost of travel. A quest must always be paid. Night and day, seasons, these only exist for the quest. Only two things are constant. Don't look up. It will drive you mad. There's chaos up there. And don't swim below. No one who swims in the water lives. And keep to your ship. And to your quest. Alright, so the world that you found yourself in is a expanse of water and smoke so if you look above you you see nothing and you start to go insane and beneath you is just like brackish water with no current and most people exist okay, in no, a no, vessel that I'm is a reflection you almost as much as you did me so is this just like boat world like you're on a ship and you just sail into the endless sun hey you're gonna find out well there's no sun well do you just sail well there is sun. like is this just sail world because i freaking love there this. is i freaking love this <laughs> There is sun, but it's only if the quest that you go on requires there to be sun. Oh my god. So, okay. Oh, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> so, um, all right. So what she said is that there are places that are known and can be found, but you have to pay with a quest. So basically... So this is... You You were playing a lot of Breath of the Wild, weren't you? N- yes, but that's not what this is. This is a lot more Wind Waker. <laughs> yes, I love Zelda. Dude. Oh man, I'm so excited. Okay, go. So, um, if you are, so you start nowhere, right? You, you come to in a vessel that is a reflection of your personality and you are nowhere. If you want to get to a place, you just start traveling with that place in mind and you will have to do a trial to get there. And the more difficult the place is to reach, the more, um, difficult the trial is to get there. Does that make sense? Perfect. So it's like video game rules, like the whole open world thing, the more, like, further along the quest is, the harder it is to get there. It's like, you can go and fight Ganon at the beginning of Breath of the Wild, but it's going to be freaking hard. You got it. Okay. You definitely did Wind Waker of the Wild. The old woman's speaking to you again. Okay, sorry, man. In the breath, the only plants floating in the water are decaying and choked with poison. They bring no life and cannot be I hit B the skip. <laughs> they are, she is not an owl, all right? You can't just skip her. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. They are plentiful, but best avoided. When you are on a place, the plant life can vary. It ranges from dangerous to safe and secure. Some of it supports life, and some of it takes life away. Always keep in mind the cost of travel. If you are trying to get somewhere important, it is best to be on your guard. So, yeah, the 
the breath is like i said brackish water that has no current but as you're traveling you will find things in that water but none of it is there to help you it's all like i don't know if you've ever seen tide pools and what those look like if you haven't look up tide pools they're like slimy greenish nightmares i'm kind of thinking of of that scene from life is pie a life of pie yeah okay yeah but less edible okay like it is like a kind of almost rotten but more stale kind of thing you know what i mean cool i press start to look at my items you have no items yet ah crap i press b it is known never trust a fish nothing could be more dangerous no one knows what the breath is or where it came from but we do know here it is to challenge us Sometimes we find moments of safety, but never while we are traveling. Better to keep your hands and feet inside your ship. We know there are fish with bulging eyes and sharp teeth, and that those things will eat a man whole. We don't know what it is, but there are other things, but we don't know what they are. We just know that they could split a boat in half. What could rise up and destroy a place? There are stories of creatures. Let me see. Hang on. There we go. Now I can read it. (laughs) It's like this I, old I got woman a, is I, reading from a script. It's very weird to me. I got a pamphlet that we read to every new person we run into. <laughs> there are stories of creatures that stand in the breath, green and ghastly, with eyes like fish, but more of them. Maybe these are just stories to scare a child. Or maybe not. Something, something must have destroyed the burg. Maybe it was the people that lived there that destroyed the city. But I don't think so. I think we grew too strong and too comfortable. Whatever lives beneath the breath cannot be questioned or challenged. Remember that. Most places have animals, yes, and most animals are either fine to eat or fine to live with. Not all are, not all are malicious, you see, like the fish. Man, those fish are freaking They just jerks. eat... <clears throat> those fish are jerks. they just need to eat and eat they shall if you find your place if you find yourself in a settled place it is likely you will find animals if you find yourself in an unsettled place it is likely you might be dinner i myself keep an keep an animal as a friend she gestures to her side where you see a tiny little monkey he keeps me safe and in return he's gets to travel and not be doomed to live in one place so um there are fish in the in the breath and if you like dip your hand in there it's like you're gonna get eaten by a gross angler fishy looking thing with bulging eyes and sharp what is teeth. up with you with angler fish because you had angler fish last I week and really now you have fish again. don't like sea monsters they bother me a lot so if it seems like i reference sea monsters a lot it's because that's something that i'm profoundly afraid of anyway i mean i'm afraid of spiders but you hear me talking about spider people well you should put spider people in stuff anyways um there are myths of creatures that can stand upright in the breath so if you think of the breath as being like no one knows how deep it is because no one's ever been inside of it this is something that could stand upright and be standing outside of the breath okay so it's a huge creature that is rumored to destroy people's vessels um and is rumored to have destroyed you know like cities and other places that have risen too powerful so they're like my blue giants but only in the breath yes and malicious okay oh so they're malicious so they will try to destroy you it's like the colossus from shadow of the colossus you have to poke them enough but they definitely 
like are not are not here to be your friend. So so it is like the Shadow Colossus Colossus. Yeah, I've I've not played that game, but from what I understand, okay. yes. Well, you need to play that game. We communicate in stories and myth. It is important that you know that. Knowing that will help you understand why we travel. We must share stories and gain new knowledge to survive. It d- does not seem to matter how much a place grows or how much we tame it. It always must end, and the challenges never stop, no matter where we are. We have as many gods as there are places, and there are as many places as there are people, so needless to say, there are many gods and many people that worship them. Um, there are some that worship the great unknown above us, that is said to keep us safe and guide our journeys, and there are some that worship the smoke. And there are some that worship that thing that is beneath us and beneath the breath. Those people scare me. Sounds like you're making Mostly this up as though, you go, lady. Are... What? It's, no, I'm just making fun of your old lady. Continue. Rude. Mostly, though, there are two types of people, those with ships and those without. It is said that the only way to escape from your travel entirely is to travel to the to travel with the intent of leaving the breath but all those who have tried that have died. Most never really seek for that quest, but some have and have not returned. All the talks of God and religion never have mattered much to me. All that seems to matter is, have you tried to sail out of the breath yet? I think that's all where we're sailing to eventually. You know what I mean, my dear? Maybe not. You are new here. You will understand after you spend some time. Even if you live someplace for... In eternity, it is not your home, and eventually, you must leave. All right, so there are a lot of people that travel the breath. Um, Some of them collect in communities and places that are tamed, but eventually, those places always run them out. So whether it is like a, um, like, let's say there's a place that's like a desert, and people build a community there, eventually, the sands will rise or the breath will rise or the animals there will become too hostile and they'll have to leave or it'll start to get hotter and hotter and hotter. So travel is extremely important because like if you have a community, the more people traveling from that community and then back to it can gather resources and new information to keep your community going longer and longer and longer. So you're going to get a lot of caravans. Yeah. Yeah. The more people that you have that travel back and forth to a place the better it grows and the longer it can last, but it is inevitable that that place must end. Okay. So, um, and then, yeah, the only way to eventually leave the breath is to sail with the intent of leaving the breath, which you could do at any moment. But the myth of it is that everyone that has done that has died. No one's ever actually made it on that journey. And that that journey is incredibly difficult. Okay. So you can get out of this area. Like this breath, this the whole breath, the whole world, you can get out of it is what you're saying? Well, maybe if you were a person living in the breath and you set sail to leave the breath, how would you ever tell someone if you made it? So the legend exists that you can get out, but you don't know. Most people don't because it's in most people's mind, it's the equivalent of committing suicide. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So- I'm just trying to like it's picture like going this a little on bit. An so it's just place. an expansive waterland with tons of islands that you can land on almost. So it's not necessarily islands, it's places. So that place could be 
an infinite desert. It could be a jungle. It could be a cave. It could be anything. And as big as you want, it's just that it will eventually go away. So these things exist as intentions. So if you set sail with the intent to find someplace, you will find okay. it. But you will have to go through a trial to get there. Okay. Um, Whatever that may be. It will be equal to getting there. Okay. Now, I, I get it. It's very interesting. Awesome. It's, it's basically an open world video game. The world. Well, right. But it just... It would generate as you try to go places. Okay. So it's a procedurally generated open world video game, the world. Yeah, where the intent of the person traveling generates the world in front of them. So most information then is transferred by myths. So there's very little written language, um, which we'll get into in a while why that is. As far as technology, it varies based on the vessels that people have and what they find. So if you travel with the intent of finding new technology you will you'll find a place with new technology that you can find okay. you'll just have to pay for it with a quest okay these aren't necessarily sailboats some of them definitely are but people also paddle their boats people also would have like a motorboat or whatever it's entirely it's a reflection of who you are that's your vessel so same thing with size the vessels also will change throughout your lifetime and grow awesome so as you grow in your travels, your boat gets bigger and better and more functional. So this is why when she says everyone's kind of traveling to get out of the breath, because that's why you're traveling, to make yourself stronger and to make your boat better, eventually everyone will try to travel out of the breath, but it's said that no one ever makes it. The more you speak, the more I like this world. Like, right? this is awesome. I wrote this world at three in the morning. Just it so kind of sounds like okay. So, like, say I am a person with low confidence. So my vessel will start out small and kind of like a kind of a dinghy almost. But then, as I travel, as I kind of get that confidence up, I will basically end up with whatever reflects my personality type. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's really awesome. So, if you're like a person that wants to, you know, let's say you're at sea and you're attacked by. A giant monster to get someplace you know you're attacked by a squid do you roll out the cannons and try to fight the squid or do you you know drop your sails and try to you know or you know put your sails up and try to get away from it you know what i mean yeah i put my little paddles of my rowboat in the water and roll like the freaking dickens because i'm getting out of there right. in my little dinghy right and that's then that's fine you know what i mean like you you won't take longer to get places just because you use a paddle and someone else uses a sail you just it's have to pay with the no quest. No one's going to destroy it. Well, I mean, it can definitely get destroyed. Ah, crap. Like there, there are vesselless people. So okay. when she says that there are two types of people: people with vessels and people without, there are people that get waylaid at sea, or who get, you know, even when they're at a place, if their boat gets sunk, those people no longer can travel by themselves. They have to work for somebody else. Okay. So it is not uncommon for people to have more than one person on their vessel. Um, but now you're on somebody else's vessel. You know what I mean? Okay. So you're no longer the one making decisions and choosing where you go. Okay. I will stop interrupting. Awesome. You got this. Cool. History is important, but there is no center of knowledge. Word travels fast out here, and there are places where people meet. There are even some libraries, but ever since the Berg... Places are cautious to not gather too much knowledge, lest they gain the attention from those that live beneath the breath. 
We know places not to go and seem to be learning of them often. We know that if you steer your vessel toward open water and a place that is not yet known, you will most likely end up dead, shipless, lost in the breath, or you'll end up a hero and find something new and wonderful. Most important, we know the history of the Berg. We know it was destroyed by beasts that came out of the breath. We also know it was destroyed in a fire. We also know it was destroyed in a war. We also know it was destroyed by a giant wolf. And we also know it was destroyed by a storm. <laughs> and also most of us know it was destroyed um, by a giant ball of fire <laughs> falling from the sky. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. Needless to say, we have many histories. <laughs> so this is a world of tall tales. I say, yeah, this is a world of tall tales and, um, you know, ghost stories and fairy tales. So... Um, you've seen Trigun, right? Yes. Obviously, because of course you have. Of course I have. Um, but, but you know how like that show is a lot about like tall tales and the legends of people kind of being a lot more than the actual person themselves. Yes. Same is true here. Okay. You know, people tell myths of, oh, this place that you go and there's this danger and you can't go there, but it's all hearsay and slow uh, well, I shouldn't say slow. It's very fast spreading knowledge, but it's all word of mouth. So this whole world is basically Chinese telephone. Okay. Um, she mentioned she's mentioned a place called the Berg a few times. Um, that's the story that we're gonna hear. She's gonna tell you the story of the Berg. Um, but ever since the Berg, there has never been a large center of knowledge, okay. and it is rumored that what destroyed the Berg was that center of knowledge. So there are libraries where people keep written records, but they're always very small and very isolated. And very spread out. Okay. Cool. Now I'm going to tell you our most important story. The story of the Berg. Rather, the tragedy of the Berg. That's what it's called. We have always sought each other out. Formed communities. Little towns spring up at every place that was friendly. Sometimes little more than a fire burning and a bite of food. But we have always made community. Then she started to gather people up. It was said that she's been traveling since the beginning. Gwen was her name. She grew older and more experienced and her ship crew too. At first she just took on crew. She found these people that had lost their ships and gathered them up. But eventually she just stopped. She had been traveling for time unknown and eventually she just stopped in the middle of the breath. She became the first place that was ever created by people. She just sat there until another another ship bumped into her. She took them in. She sheltered them. Pretty soon, people were lashing ships together and the berg grew. Gwyn sent people out to find building materials and food, and the berg grew and grew. Pretty soon, it was the most well-known way station in the breath. People met there, worked there, and most importantly, they found a home and a family. And a community there. I saw it myself once or twice, times and times ago, but it was beautiful back then. But I was always traveling, and nothing was perfect. The larger the community grew, the more problems it had. People fought, they did, there were fires, that's true, and people talked of making their own bergs. Might be that that almost worked a few times, but there are not many people that were like Gwen. She did not want power, she just wanted for people to find a home. People that had ships and people that were shipless alike. Anyways, as the story goes, it got in her head that she could learn to leave the breath. 
she began to gather knowledge. She sent, she sent many ships on quests searching for hidden knowledge. One day, she heard tell of a place, a library, um, the Library of the Breath, it was called. Gwyn took her ship and her original crew and set off. Getting to the place was terrible. They were waylaid by greenish, greenish-gray fish and s- tormenting storms. Through all of it, Gwyn steered true and kept her crew together. Eventually, they found the place. A small, green, barren place full of carved stone. Carved in the likeness of creatures not known to anyone. They scrabbled over rocks, searching until they found the entrance to the library. That might not be the right word, but I don't know another. There were only a few books written in a language that nobody knew, but the knowledge was there. Gwen took the books. Once the crew had taken the books, they knew it was gonna be bad. The whole island began to rumble and crack. Gwen managed to make it to the boat, but only a few of the crew remained. The rest of them fell in yawning chasms as the island broke apart. Some said that creatures began to come to the surface, creatures so horrible and malformed that they defy descriptions. Either way, not much of Gwyn's crew made it back. She began to travel fast. She headed back for the berg with all haste, with evil right behind her. Eventually, she made it back to the berg. She thought the berg could stand up to the creatures chasing her. She was wrong. Maybe the time has come for a new Berg, but maybe not. So, the story of the Berg is that Gwen was the first person that ever made a place. Um, Most people only ever sought out places. Gwen just parked her boat and then started to gather more and more people to her and eventually built a city basically out of people's boats that decided to kind of come together. together. Yeah, yeah. Um, And this was seen as an affront to whatever monster lives beneath the surface of the breath. Okay. Because it was kind of almost seemed like cheating. Like the world that these, if they are gods, gods set up beneath the surface is meant to challenge people. And there is a certain way to do it. Like you are meant to go on quests. You are meant to always be traveling and you are not meant to build a place. So Gwen was the first person that ever built a place, and it was almost like an affront to the gods. And even though there was conflict around it and people did abandon it at times, um, it was successful. Um, Eventually, she got it in her head that she could take her place and move it out of the breath. And so she went searching for that knowledge. And in doing so, eventually angered the god enough that it like chased her down and destroyed the berg. Okay. Yep. So that 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 is the story of of my of my world. That's actually kind of amazing, and you made my world look freaking stupid. Thanks, man. That that is not true. I liked yours. Dude, yours, man, yours is awesome. I I liked. I was having trouble writing it at first, and then I wrote it like this, where it was like I imagined you landing there, unknown, and then someone explaining it to you, and that's why I had like the narrative parts where it was like a story being told to you because that's how I thought that's like how I think to write things. Okay. So that's why I did yeah, no, that. I really like that. I like the way you did it. You, like I said, blew my world out of the water. Good job. Dude. I don't think I blew your world out of the water. I liked yours. I thought the painting, I liked the, the like it going into storage thing. That was neat. Yeah. It's good. It's an endless cycle. It will keep getting restored, but yeah, no cool right. world. I really liked yours. You got any closing remarks on your world before we throw in another role? Um, yeah, uh, this was definitely like when I, uh, when I first started working on the role chart, this was like the one I was most excited okay, for. Cool. So I was pretty pumped. And then when I started working on this, I had a lot of trouble yeah. with it. Well, I saw it last week and I'm like, oh crap. 
<laughs> I, I have another honorable mention for one of my favorite ideas that we have on the list. And I think it's like the one that you complained about the most, but we'll get, we'll get, to, we get to it. No, it's it's not. The world is dragons. <laughs> what, what's 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 your other favorite one on the list? Well, should we spoil it? I don't. I don't want to spoil it until we roll it. We'll decide. You tell me, and I'll decide to cut it or not. Okay. It's it's the one about the the world being a closely like packed. Oh, okay. Now I have a couple cool ideas for that one. So I'm I'm like super excited about that one. That's. I mean. Yep. So okay. So both of our worlds are done. You're satisfied with what you created? Yeah. No, I, I really liked I really liked this one and I liked the method of doing it a little bit more narratively. That helped me. Cause like I just started writing about it. You know what yeah. I mean? A- instead of like writing you know what I mean? Like I wrote it like I was telling it to someone and that helped me. Yeah, I mean, well this kind of opens up the world because so now that. we can do so many different types of storytelling. So episode three can anything can happen. So do you want to see what our next world will be? I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty pumped. Okay, let's see. I'm pretty excited for Bird, Bird World Part Bird 2. Bird World Part 2. Oh, man, that's going to be terrifying. Okay, rolling the dice now. It's going to be called the Birdosphere. Okay. okay. And, uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> What'd you this roll? is the one I complain the most about. There is no land slash water world part two. Okay. All right, I like it. Okay, this can go anywhere. I have an idea for this one already, but this can go anywhere. By the way, when I say there's no land, I really mean there is no land. Like, there are not islands. So, even under the water, there is nothing, or what? Well, okay, there is no dry land There's no dry land. It doesn't even have to be water. It can be the air. Well... I guess at you can, that point you, you're just talking you build, about let's, let's get the rules atmosphere? really quick. Ground rules. Can you build structures in the air? There's no land, I mean, but yeah. can you build a structure? Yes, but it would have to be made by an inhabitant of a landless world. Huh. <laughs> so basically, if fish people decided that they wanted to build above land, they could. Yeah, so we... Oh, man. This, okay, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Ah, oh, man. It's going to be good. I'm excited. See, now I kind of just want to make the breath. I'm going to cut out all of your part of the story and just make that my no land thing again. But the breath has tons of land. The breath has just as much land as it does water. Just make no land. You just sail. Just, oh, my God. Into sailing. Okay. Yep. Well, no, but how would you sail? How would you make a sail? Um gathering up nutrients from the ground and creating like you know something i don't know we'll figure it out what ground jordan what ground there under is no the ground water. there's there's some sort of landmass that this water is sitting sea. on darling it's better down where it's wetter take it from so me. we can't make atlantis because there's no land i'm making the little mermaid <laughs> okay ah geez except she's gonna be like i wanna be where the Nothing is. Okay, so <laughs> I want to be an existential crisis. I said there is no land. So, ah oh, man, I see. I don't. I don't like this idea anymore. <laughs> Why don't you like this idea? Oh, I'm all. I'm excited about oh, it. Man, I have at the very least. It's a meant week. to be challenging. It's gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's supposed to be challenging. You know what? It's a challenge. So. This is where we're going to cut it off for this episode. We kind of went over a little bit, but you know. Bye, Jordan. I love you. I enjoyed hearing about the breath, and I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about my world as well. So anyways, you guys take care, and we'll see you in a little bit. (laughs) I don't like you, Cody. Are you just going to mute me for all of that? Bye. (laughs) 